Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew Steyer. And I'm Eric Martinez. And today we are going to be talking about Love, Simon. Woo! Gay, gay, gay. <laughs> uh, and we'll also talk about a little bit about ourselves since this is our, our first episode. So as I said, I'm Andrew. Me and Eric met doing improv in college. We both went to UT. I actually did undergrad and grad school there. I have a PhD from there. And I'm Eric. Like Andrew said, we met through improv at UT. We also... <laughs> we were in a fun little improv group together to where there was a lot of queer people in the group. So we like to create our own queer group chats so we can all chat and hang out. Yeah. As fun, the fun gay people we are. <laughs> that was a really nice thing. That was kind of my first time like really experiencing like the gays collabing in like one space. Really? I really oh enjoyed that. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Just cause it was like college. So it was cool. Yeah. When gay people get together, we are unstoppable. That's amazing. <laughs> Okay, so Love, Simon. First of all, what, what do you remember about it, Eric? I remember Love, Simon coming out. One, I remember always thinking Nick Robinson is so hot, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I remember at the time, I did this come out 2017 or 2018? This came out 2018. So this came out, uh, Gay Marriage was legalized in 2015. So this came out three years after Gay Marriage was legalized, just to kind of give us some context. It's interesting that this came out, because I think I remember seeing this like springtime 2018, because like, it's such a strange movie to where it's like all about like a man coming out to his high school and this is his story and it's such a coming out story. But like, I remember that fall in of 2017, Call Me By Your Name had just come out, and that felt so much more like a gay like gay drama story that wasn't about being gay. It was more so just about a love story. So, like, I don't know. The timelines in which both of those movies came out felt like they should be switched. Like, it feels like, mm. while Call Me By Your Name is not about, like, it is about, like, someone discovering their sexuality. It's not really about being gay. It's more so just about love. And it felt like, I remember seeing Love, Simon, and while I ultimately loved Simon right when it came out, it did feel like a step backwards in kind of a way. I'm not Interesting. sure. A step yeah. backwards, bold statement. Do, do you remember what the reception of Love, Simon was when it came out? I feel like I was hearing like, I don't know, maybe this is me kind of putting rose-colored glasses on, but I was hearing generally good things about it. Like everyone I talked to like had a good opinion about it. People really liked it. And I think maybe I wasn't, I'm not sure if that's what I just wanted to hear. No, I definitely agree. I I think, and I think especially initially and like in the gay community and stuff, I I didn't hear a lot about it, but the things I was hearing was generally positive. I don't think people weren't raving about it, but it was more like, oh, this is kind of cool. Here's a a cute movie. It's a little cheesy, but like, hey, it's something. So I do feel like there was like generally positive vibes. I feel like it was definitely one where like, after we had some time with it, more critique was around it and more people were calling it like a traditionally white story and like we're giving it all this critique that yes, at the end of the day, it is like very one dimensional kind of only only positive vibes really throughout the whole film, I feel like. Exactly. Uh, like and what you said, like it's almost like once we took some time with it, opinion change. And it's not, it's, that movie hasn't been out that long. We said 2018, it's only tw- 2022. So I feel like the bigger critique that I hear about it now is that it's very much like about a guy who is like, just like straight guys. And I feel like a lot of people, like most gay men 
are not just like straight guys. We have at least some dimensions of us that are are, are a lot different. And so the, the whole movie kind of has this tone of like, oh, I'm gay, but like, I'm not that kind of gay. You know, it's very, it's yeah. very pick me gay. And I think that <laughs> term wasn't even around when that movie came out. And I think that's one of the reasons we might look at it through a different lens now. And maybe it is because mm-hmm. we've had a chance to be like, okay, we're glad we've had gay movies, but now we're going to get to be more picky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you quickly define what pick me gay or just like the term pick me? Yes. Means? I don't think I know it. Okay, I, I feel like you hear this a lot with girls too, like a pick me girl. So uh, this is a good <laughs> cultural conversation to have on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but like a pick me girl is like very much like, oh, I'm not like the other girls, you know. And so I think the same thing goes for pick me gay, like, oh, I'm not like the other gays, like I'm oh, okay. mask I'm for different. mask. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'd like to think maybe we get some straight audience members on this. <laughs> <laughs> mask for mask is a term where it's like I'm masculine and I'm only looking for masculine people. People will put it like on their grinder profiles. And it's uh, definitely a phrase that's seen in a negative light in the gay community because it's very yeah. exclusive um, to be like, oh, i I don't want to date anyone who's too feminine, you know? Yeah, it just dips in the, so why do you feel this way? Why do you feel like this is all you're interested in? Yeah, yeah. and this is credit to Love, Simon, too. Simon's a high school guy, right? And I feel like, and he hasn't even come out yet. Because you, I think people do worry, once you come out of the closet, that everything is going to change, everyone's going to see you differently, and like people think your personality changes overnight, and that's not really the reality of it. So I think there is a valid argument to be to be said for like, hey, just because I'm gay, I wasn't hiding everything about myself, just that part. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, that whole, the whole idea of like attachment to your masculinity is a very interesting topic in, in the gay community as well, right? Mm-hmm. When I first watched Love, Simon, I didn't even think about the idea of him being straight passing. He could just like have existed as a human and just not discuss his sexuality and like, and things would have been fine. Like, Just out of curiosity, how does that compare with your experience in high school? Oh, like I just from the sound of my voice and how I act, I <laughs> was just very obviously more flamboyant and more <laughs> like, just like I do have a much more feminine sounding voice. And I don't, I think that just comes from my fascination with like female actresses and like female comedians growing up that I observed. And I think I just took on their tone of voice. And so like from a very early age, like lots of people would say like, and this is not like traumatic anymore to me. Like obviously I've worked through it, but it's like people would say I sounded gay. People would say I was gay. I hung out with a lot of girls. Like just say what, like I couldn't really like, hide like I couldn't hide that part of myself because like opening my mouth was such like a like announcing like uh, in a way announcing who I was like without even having to say anything at all and so yeah there's some people who are really able to like pass as like being like straight passing and it's just such a it's so different from gay person to gay person like the experiences they had with that I can be somewhat straight passing. I feel like I tried very hard to be straight passing, I, but I'm gay enough that there was <laughs> enough suspicion. My freshman year, I was obsessed with Fergalicious and like, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop myself like seeing it in the hallways. I have this TikTok where I talk about predicting whether there was enough gay people in the writer's room. And I think to expand that gay people involved in the production as a whole, specifically gay men when it's gay male stories. And I had given this show a close but no. <laughs> <laughs> what would what would your thoughts be? I mean, I feel like 
there had to be at least one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like at least one or two. Like, I just think in entertainment, generally, you find, you do find more queer people working in the writer's room. It's more common. And so... That's a very interesting hypothesis. As we go into exploring these, we'll have to see if that fans out. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Like, especially nowadays, like with more recent uh, can, media. Can I, can I counter that real quick? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there is a false perception that in the arts that a lot of these positions have more queer representation than they actually do. Because I think okay. we go to high school and we see like, oh, theater, all the gay guys are in theater and stuff like that. But I feel like once it starts getting to positions that are actually more competitive and maybe actually worth money, I do feel like we start seeing the queer representation drop off. So it'll be curious to see how that pans out. Yeah, I think yeah, my James. my thought on this movie was that like there was like one gay man <laughs> involved. He was like really pulling his weight. Uh, <laughs> I feel they like it would st- be like like before like a final draft or something. They'd be like, "Hey, Paul, is this a good thing that we're saying here?" And then he would like give them the green light to do that. <laughs> and then they'd be like, "All right, cool." <laughs> <laughs> Just one other thing I can say: twenty eighteen. I feel like I feel like public opinion on gay people in general had shifted dramatically from what it was when I was in high school. You know, I graduated high school twenty ten. So I do feel like this this movie came out in a time where there was a lot more awareness of like. You know, gay not being bad. The the F slur was already, which is, you know, F-A-G, was already, like, basically eradicated, I think. Yeah, I think where we were in 2018 is not much different from where we were in 2022. Mm-hmm. At least in terms of, like, the understanding of gay culture in America. Like, I do still feel like probably there are other, like, countries outside of America that are still, like, in a very square one space as opposed, as opposed to U.S., but... If anything's changed, it's just that we're getting more gay movies, which is really awesome. At this point, Eric and I rewatched Love, Simon. Simon is a closeted high school student. Another student, known only as Blue, posts anonymously on the school's online forum about being gay, and the two start secretly emailing each other. Martin, a classmate, finds Simon's emails and uses them to blackmail Simon into helping him get close to Simon's friend Abby. Simon redirects Abby's other romantic prospects and lies to his friends to help Martin. When Abby rejects Martin anyway, Martin outs Simon to the whole school. With his identity and actions exposed, Simon makes amends with Abby and his other friends and makes one final effort to convince Blue to reveal himself and date him openly. All right, so we just finished watching. Woo! We are both changed. Changed people. (laughs) I did cry. I, I gotta say. That's the reaction you latch on to. Anything, more than anything, you cried. If I can quote Eric, he said, I love this movie while we were watching. But Eric, what would you say? Yeah, what are your Wait, overall thoughts? Don't don't out me. Don't out my opinion. <laughs> did you not just see the movie we watched? <laughs> no, I love... See, this is my thing about a lot of gay movies. I recognize when they're like, not the best representation or whatever. But this one was just so... This is such a comfort movie in my eyes. I, I went back to how I was when I first watched this movie and just, like, genuinely reacted to, like, all the funny moments, all the things. And, yes, there's still problems with that. And it is a very one-dimensional point of view. It still was, like, it's just a feel-good movie. That's all it was at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot. I think that's, like, one of the biggest arguments in favor of it is, like, there are tons of straight romances where it's, like, not everything is completely accurate to real life, but it's, like... You know, it's a romance. You're watching. It could be cheesy. I feel like it's in some moments campy, 
and in some moments like trying to be extremely real and like um like show like oh man this is what it's like you know and i i think it does both of those well but the fact that it's trying to do both at the same time gets jarring that's what makes it feel so cheesy are you saying like what are you saying is like the non-realistic thing that it becomes like okay so if you've seen gay best friend that movie is very Mm -hmm. campy and it's ridiculous but it feels very self-aware it feels everything like all that is very purposeful and sometimes it feels like this move like love simon sometimes felt like it was unrealistic and cheesy on accident okay let's talk about some of like the big standout moments in this movie for us i remember how i said this this movie kind of like feels like it's like a oh i'm not like the other gays movie yeah like, it's very oh i'm just like all the straight people literally the first line of this movie is i'm just like you <laughs> i don't know this is how i sort of feel about like a movie like this that new holiday gay movie single all the way i'm like this wasn't written for gay people like this wasn't this was just sort of we were taking like our usual formula of like a rom-com or some kind of thing and we were just like swapping gay people in (laughs) and we were trying to make the gay thing like the way that gay people can relate but like yes yeah well i guess it's it's nice to get the representation obviously it still is like like I guess that's the thing. It's like we gay people like know coming out stories. Like they know what's coming out. So it is nice to like see that represented on screen, but it's also like, okay, after a while, like we've seen this before. And so then it's like, this mainly just becomes a movie for straight people to like know what the coming out process is like. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's kind of what you said. It's like, Oh, let's just take a straight story and plug in gay characters. And I feel like that erases part of the identity of what it is being gay because being gay is unique we still have our own unique culture and that yes, gay people, straight people should be treated with the same rights, but it does feel disingenuous to say like, Oh, these two groups of people are homogenous and exactly the same. It's like, no, that's not how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Another note about this movie is they did use the F slur. They only use it once, but it is like very early on in the movie and you're like, Oh, okay. And I don't know. Do you think high schools nowadays are still using the F slur? Do you think that's still like in the high school jargon? I guess it just depends on where you grow up, but I think those deep southern high schools like Texas, Missouri, all those all those states, I feel like they're it's it's still floating around the locker rooms here and there. Yeah, which is kind of sad. It's in this weird spot where it's like it's definitely not something that's been reclaimed by the gay community. Like we do not say it, and if it is ever said, it's like in a very one hundred percent joke way. <laughs> and I think that is our way of reclaiming it in a way. And I've definitely started using it in a joking way. I, th- I think through the reclaiming of it in a joking way, I, if they ever he- hear it used against them in a derogatory way, they're able to like... That it loses its power, it. basically. It loses its power, yeah. The part how I was talking about how it's like once I get to college, I can be out. Like that's very much what my experience in high school was. Like I remember like seeing that as a finish line, like... I can get to college and then I can be myself. Yeah. I, while, while that wasn't my experience, I've definitely heard that from a lot of other people that like they viewed college as their time to be out. And that, that like makes sense. Like, like you're, it's like your time away from home where you can feel like you can be yourself without like the watchful eye of your parents. And so I guess, yeah, that would really just in terms of him having that like thought and concern that does feel really authentic. Also, like you're you're in an area where there are, are going to be more gay people. You can have a network because in high school, like 
there just aren't that many gay people, period. So even if everyone in high school was out of the closet, which, you know, at least when I was going through high school was not the case, like you're not, you don't really get to like come out and have a network. Whereas I knew if I came out in college, it's like, oh, there'll be a lot more gay people. I didn't realize just how many more. There's so many gay people at at the University of Texas. There was so many. (laughs) Speaking of coming out in college, one of the scenes that I think like exemplifies part of my problem with this movie is the scene where he's like fantasizing about being out of the closet in college and they do this whole song and dance number uh to oh my gosh <laughs> oh, oh dance with somebody which great song choice for <laughs> i will give it that, that that's that's absolutely if, and that scene is so like cute but then at the very end of it and this is like you know all happening in his head he goes eh, maybe not that gay and that it just was seems... so <laughs> and it, that that part was crazy because it felt like they were trying like they wrote that with the intention of it being a joke. And it's like, yes, like it can be a joke, but like, I don't know. Like, I just felt like this movie was such a big production and like the amount of people are going to be seeing it. And it's just like, uh, that just feels like a, a bit of a messy line to put into this kind of movie. Yeah. And also it feels like gay is being used in a negative connotation when he says it in that sentence, like, oh, maybe not exactly. that gay. And yeah, it kind of feels like a dig at the community in general. Yeah. And, exactly. and then it gets yeah back it's back to the point where it's like who was this movie made for like yeah very pick me gay very very pick me gay (laughs) that's the title of this episode (laughs) love simon the pick me gay the pick the ultimate pick me gay oh oh this is what felt really inauthentic to me like simon's whole life is sort of imploding and like he's outed as being gay and then his friends like all yell at him for like making bad decisions while being in the closet. He goes to pick them up and this is after he's like outed online. And like, they're all like, Simon, why did you lie about this? Like, why did you lie about Abby having a boyfriend? Why did you tell Leah to like try and date me, whatever? And like Simon literally explains, he's like, Martin was blackmailing me to out me out of the closet. And he said he would blackmail me if I did not help him get together with Abby. That is literally why I did it. Like he, I don't know, that feels like a pretty valid reason. I understand they were like upset still after it happened, but I'm like, y'all were mean to him and he had just gotten outed online. His crappy actions were a direct correlation to the fact that he was being blackmailed. Literally (laughs) blackmailed. (laughs) By a slimy theater kid who ultimately I thought was a very talented actor. And was very funny yes. in the movie. Martin played uh, by Logan Miller. Another moment where I was like, uh, that's funny, was like Simon and Abby are sort of walking around the football game just chatting. And then at one point, Martin in the bear costume comes up to Simon and he's like, hey, I heard someone likes bears. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's a good joke. I thought that, that was is. pretty funny. Yeah, I heard that too, too. It's actually one of the jokes that's like, okay, there's at least, there must have been at least someone gay involved in this writing process. Someone yeah. gay was in this writing room, yeah. Yeah, I, I think let's talk about that last scene now, because I think the last scene is my biggest critique with this whole movie. So, so inauthentic. So after Simon is outed, the guy who he's secretly been conversing with says like, oh, sorry, I can't talk with you anymore. You're gay. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that, but that's basically what it is. Like, oh, now that the whole school knows who you are, I don't want to associate with you. And he deletes the email address that they've been conversing with. <laughs> and then you don't see anything that happens behind the scenes with the other character. But then Simon decides, even though this guy has just blocked him, he like sends a message to the whole school and says, hey, I'm going to 
ride the Ferris wheel all night. <laughs> Come join me on the Ferris wheel. And so he gets on the Ferris wheel and the whole school's watching him. The whole thing seems like a really silly move. It's like, why would, like, the guy's already blocked you. Why would you get on a Ferris wheel and be like, hey, come yeah. meet me here in public? It was a very, like, final scene of a rom-com moment. It was yeah. very much like your When Harry Met Sally at the New Year's countdown. It was very much just like any super climactic love scene in any rom-com. And so that's why I was like, it just all like any scene at all in those movies is like so unbelievable and it just like it, to be added into this movie where like it's all about being gay and whatever i was like gay people acting out like this publicly i don't know especially in high school i don't think yeah gay people who just were out and have the confidence to sort of be out in this like this public demanding sort of way exactly so yeah I, obviously we can give it some credit that it's like, okay, it's a rom-com, so they have to have some big flashy ending. The bigger issue for me is that the guy does come, and then it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, I decided um, I don't need to keep it a secret anymore. But like, what made you decide that? Like, there's no build-up. It doesn't feel earned. When the emails were leaked, Blue's name was attached to it, and I think just like out of fear, Blue was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, And then I think in the time and the like processing of like Simon being outed and Blue realizing their feelings for Simon they like ultimately were led to that decision. But okay, I am, so like, you think maybe it's the initial end. the initial shock in the moment of like uh this is a lot all at once like we can't talk right now like that I see I understood that. So let's talk about who actually was involved. So just to throw the names out there this movie was directed by Greg Berlanti. Um it was written by three people. Becky Albertalli, Elizabeth Berger, Isaac Aptaker. And the lead actor, Simon, is played by Nick Robinson. And his gay boyfriend is played by uh, Keenan Lonsdale. Simon um, is straight. He does have a gay brother. And then Keenan Lonsdale, who is the guy that he ends up with in the end, is one, very hot. And two, (laughs) uh, he's bi. And he has a pretty, like, open queer presence on Instagram, which I think is really cool. That is cool. I feel like the writers Elizabeth Berger and Isaac Aptaker are married. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. I So I, I was trying to, I was like Googling, because the only gay person who could potentially be a gay man on this thing is Isaac Aptaker. If he does happen to be queer, he's not very open about it. But him and Elizabeth Berger work on a couple projects together. They're actually, they have uh, that new one, um, How I Met Your Father. Elizabeth Berger oh, and Isaac them? Aptaker are both, yeah, they're the showrunners for that. So that's some fun we, tea. I think they yeah. just have been working on a lot of projects together. But for the, well, I think at one point I thought they were married. Yeah, so it's possible that there was a gay man in the writer's room, depending right. on Isaac Aptaker. And then um, the director is gay, Greg Berlanti. I do know my little tea moment on the writing team as well was Becky Albertalli, who was the original author of the book. The book was titled Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda. But at the time of writing this book, Becky Albertalli identified as straight. However, during like during all of sort of the publicity she was getting for the success of the book and the conversion to a movie, uh, she was getting a lot of flack because of people thought it was strange that a straight woman was writing a gay man's story. And she was receiving so much flack, so much so to the point where she wrote this like Instagram post and she actually came out as bi and that was Which another is issue. It was it was bonkers and a lot of people are saying to her, 
I remember she, during when that happened, a lot of people gave her critique because they thought it was a little too little too late moment and that they also thought it was like a last ditch effort for her to like stop receiving flack. But I haven't read the post in a while, but I remember her eloquently saying like, I can't help but like question what my real motives were for telling this story and now realizing that it was sort of my own bisexuality coming through in my writing. I think I know why. I was so called to tell this story. So mm. that's where it gets a little tricky and people are people question whether or not it's like actually authentic that she is bisexual because it was such a pressured moment for her to come out. And I think this is a story we're probably going to find ourselves revisiting like in future episodes of this podcast because it opens up a really interesting conversation because on the flip side of that, let's, let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she is fully queer and that was something that she was still realizing it's she essentially got outed right she was forced out of the closet which is not something anyone who's been in the closet wants to have and it's kind of tragic to have that forced upon you and so you know there is this really big question that obviously we're exploring here in this podcast too of like does the writer need to be gay do the actors need to be gay and if someone is in the closet do they need to be open before writing something right and I, I think my stance that I have right now is not necessarily that they have to be gay, but that they do need to be authentic. Like the story needs to be authentic. And uh, I do feel like sometimes you get a stronger representation when the actor is gay. And I think Nick Robinson, who plays Simon, I think he does a, a good job as an actor in general, but he doesn't really read as a gay man to me. Yeah. I thought it was funny when you, <laughs> Andrew made a comment, during the last scene when Simon and the guy kiss and Andrew just goes, he's a little too good at kissing boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that. Yeah. That he might be straight, laugh. but he was, I, I was impressed with the kiss. He's an actor. He's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> and if he's good at kissing boys, great. Love it. I do think he did a great, like a good job at portraying this story. And like he was portraying a story of a very straight passing gay character I, I just wonder how he started out with acting and i wonder if he made choices to present present as more femme would him as an actor presenting trying to present as more femme would that have been offensive yeah yeah i mean for me as someone who wasn't out in high school who was like you know semi-straight presenting i think i would have related more to the story if it felt like someone who was actively repressing the parts of them that were feminine or like gay seeming. So I felt really seen by the other gay character, Ethan. Yes. Oh, when... I'm so glad you brought Ethan up. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, I think he's like one of the best parts of this movie. So funny. They show his coming out scenes and everyone's like, Oh wow. Ethan, like I had no idea. And it's just a bit of a joke to where like, everyone sort of knew and they were just waiting for him to say it and I was like I, I was so seen by that because that's really how my coming out experience was it's just that sort of everyone I told was just like I mean come on Eric look at you that's like, <laughs> actually true <laughs> oh well, that does bring up another point about this movie though is that the high school's accepting enough that that was a thing but also has the most rancid bullies you've ever met <laughs> that dance on the <laughs> table and act out ethan and simon being gay together also a teacher that like is actively like swearing at these students <laughs> to tell it like saying like curse words telling them to stop insulting them so deeply 
<laughs> yeah, that's where it got inauthentic. These and these bullies come for Ethan a couple times, and I will say it is very fun to watch Ethan just like quit back and have these clapbacks. Uh, like, so, so good. Such yeah, clapback. Ethan gives Ethan gives a gets a very flattering portrayal in this movie, which I think is one of its strengths. I want this whole... a spinoff. I want a spinoff of Ethan so badly. Like I want his story. I want him being like this amazing queen at this high school. And like yes. just flaunting around being the popular gay queen. <laughs> love that story. Oh my god, you should pitch that. People I think people would really watch that. On Comment, a, I think they Comment would. below if you would watch um Ethan. <laughs> love Ethan. Comment below. <laughs> uh, one other thing I will say real quick is that when when researching these writers, Elizabeth and Isaac talk about how Love, Simon was met with some of these same criticisms that we brought up. And it sounds like they went into making Love, Victor with an active intention to kind of address some of those criticisms. And so it is, it's really cool seeing these writers and directors, et cetera, like kind of take notes and, and think about what they're, they're making and respond to the public. And maybe they'll listen to this episode. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, comment, below, c- comment below if you worked on this. <laughs> Manifesting, they listen. <laughs> <laughs> The movie does feel like it's filled with lots of good intention. You know, it really was the first of its kind in being a, a rom-com. Like, all the others had really, like, been, like, very independent films. And we're being very nitpicky, and I think that's because we can, because the movie is, like, baseline, it's a really good movie. It's a really funny movie. There are some lines, there's some dialogue that's really well written, and I think it really does act, it's very actively written in terms of they thought about a lot of things that they wanted to get across. At the end of the day, it was a, a very nice thing for us to have and just my main criticisms are that it may have unintentionally reinforced the idea that being gay but not like the other gays is a positive thing (laughs) i saw this movie four times in theaters because i was (laughs) obsessed with it and anyone anytime someone was like will you see this to me i was like absolutely i was just yeah incredibly confident by it and i have to like remember that when it comes to critiquing this movie that like when i first saw it i like sobbed like I sobbed so much just because it was like such a cool thing that to be seen happening like in movie theaters across the nation. And I will say like, while I recognize the issues and problems that it has, ultimately it is a very comforting film that I will always cherish in some kind of way. Mm-hmm.